The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. DarkImaginings.com From the deepest, darkest grooves, to the backwoods swamp of the bottom, from the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for a big, scary show. Gavin Gosca from Midnight Syndicate. You are listening to The Big Scary Show. This is Mike Zimmerman from The Hill Has Eyes in Franklin, Wisconsin, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. <laughs> this is Scott Coling from the Georgetown Morgue, Seattle, Washington, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hello, creeps. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of... The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, this is Robert Crossland from the Texas Terror Trail in El Paso, Texas. You're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, this is Ricky Dick, also known as Gravely Macabre, from Castle Blood in Manesson, Pennsylvania, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hey, Sean Norman, Wells Township Haunted House in Brilliant, Ohio, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. Baby, it may be cold outside, but we've got a show guaranteed to warm your heart, even if it's two sizes too small. Badger is delivering us the latest edition of the Deadline News after he feeds the reindeer. Meat Hook Jim reads us a Between the Corpses bedtime story about witch hunts in England. And we've uncovered behind the tinsel a classic haunt minute from Storm about his Christmas light search. And the old crone? Well, that's me. I found a lot of great Christmas items while out shopping that can be used in our haunts. Then to top off that pine tree, we have the Round Table of Terror. The go-host visit with superstars Ed and Gavin as they complete their 25th anniversary celebration as Midnight Syndicate. We'll even listen to some of their album, A Ghostly Gathering, to bring you Christmas carols like you've never heard them before. We hid the body, but you'll be an accomplice by listening to The Big Scary Show. The girls in night school have one thing in common. They're all ending up dead. You can run, you can hide, you can scream, but it doesn't take an education to know when someone wants to kill you. Night school. Prepare for a lesson in terror. Night School, rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent.
Midnight Syndicate, up on the housetop, on the Big Scary Show. Good evening. My name is Deadfield, the zombie butler. Visit me and all my friends here at vfxcreates.com and check out the new Putrid Pete, the zombie puppet. We have several new products that you might want to see. (laughs) See you soon at vfxcreates.com. Music by Midnight Syndicate. And ladies and gentlemen, we hope you were listening very closely to the last show because it is time to see if we have a winner for the December gruesome giveaway sponsored by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. You know, folks, Christmas is almost upon us. It's time to get over to ScreamlineStudios.com and make your last-minute shopping purchases Or you could do what we have here and possibly win something just in time for the holidays. We did ask a question on the last show. We did get a few entries for the month of December. We randomly selected this person, and I believe we have them on the line. Random caller, what is your name? Where are you located? Hi, my name is Nick Beiser. I am located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio, the home of Meat Hook Jim. Are you familiar? Do you know Jim? (laughs) 
Uh, I have not had the pleasure of meeting him. Okay. Well, anyway, Nick Beiser, it is great to have you on the show here. Thank you so much for entering the contest. Before we find out if you are indeed the winner, I do need to ask you a couple of quick legal questions. Question Alrighty. number Question number one, have we contacted you in any way, shape, or form other than to have you call in? No. All right. Question number two. Have you tried to entice us to pick your name over all the other entries? Other than wishful thinking? No, I have not. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Nick Beiser of Cincinnati, Ohio. If I recall the question from the last episode, it goes something like this. When I was at IAPA, I talked to the folks at Froggy's Fog, and they had just unveiled an amazing new product, which is probably going to cause quite a stir in the haunt industry. What is the name of this really cool new product that they've just rolled out? So when I go in February to Transworld, I cannot wait to see the Thanos A1 Fog Gun. And the Thanos A1 is absolutely correct. I have a feeling this is going to be a monster, monster hit at Transworld. But you are absolutely correct. And even better, you are the December Gruesome Giveaway winner. Yay! I'm, I'm very excited and very thankful. We're glad that you are, sir. Well, Nick, are you in the industry in any way? Do you run a haunt, work for a haunt, do a home haunt, do anything haunt-related? You did mention you'll be at Transworld. Uh, yes, uh, I will be at Transworld as part of the Haunted Honeymooners team uh, as Science Behind the Scare. And I'm also in my... 12th year working at the Dent Schoolhouse, and I've been in the industry a long time. Oh, fantastic. Well, you know, Dent Schoolhouse is one of my favorites. It's been a number of years since I've been up there. Maybe I'll get up there next year. We'll just have to see. But once, once again, Nick Beiser, hold on the line. Let's get some shipping information from you when we get off this. But, of course, we want to thank our very fine sponsor, ScreamlineStudios.com. Remember, folks, it is not too late to get out there. Go to ScreamlineStudios.com. Put down your wish list for this holiday season, and maybe you'll get lucky. Or you could be lucky like Nick was in January when we do the gruesome giveaway all over again, because that's what we do with our fine folks from Screamline Studios here on The Big Scary Show. Midnight Syndicate, Parade of the Tin Soldiers on The Big Scary Show.
Spectral Illusions is a digital production studio creating video effects for your home or pro haunt. They carry over 30 stock videos ready for immediate download, as well as USB drives preloaded with multiple effects. In partnership with AAXA Technologies, they now carry projectors preloaded with multiple effects. And now Big Scary Show listeners can get 15% off downloads, USBs, and screens with code BIGSCARY15. Projectors not included. Visit SpectralIllusions.com and add some life to your haunt. That's SpectralIllusions.com. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth. This is a haunt minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so one of the weirdest things that have happened this year has happened this holiday season. And, you know, maybe it's good-hearted human nature, maybe it's it's something neat, maybe it's something strange and dastardly, maybe it's something to be, you know, worried about in the future, but I don't know if you've looked around in the past week or two, but it's very, very difficult to get Christmas lights in stores or a live Christmas tree. They're, like, gone. I mean, like, stores are completely cleared out. Like, nothing is left. I was uh, had a set of lights go out um, last week, and I went to go replace them. I tried, you know, Lowe's. I tried Walmart. I tried at home. And, you know, it's not as easy in these times of COVID even to get in and out of these stores. I had to wait in line to get in there and stuff. And I'd seen before that some of the places had been, you know, low on supply and stuff, even at the Target, you know, the back wall, which usually displayed the lights and stuff, was even gone. There's a lot of toys. I'm like, oh, this is weird this year. You know, it's three weeks before Christmas, and we didn't have anything at the time. You know, our lights already out? Because lights are normally the big clearance item. And the live Christmas trees, too. You know, you got some of those lots that are open. Well, they're all sold out. They've, they've The trees are there. Everybody's gotten what they got, but people still on social media are asking, where can I get a live tree? Can I find one someplace other than, you know, here or there, or my neighbor's yard? Yay! But it's a little concerning as a haunter because, you know, the live trees and Christmas lights are like two of the big clearance things. The stuff that there's always more than enough of. So it's really surprising, especially the Christmas lights. I'd pick up more for clearance. Whoever buys them for wholesale. Well, this year, everybody was buying them at the regular price. And maybe it was because people wanted to decorate more this year and, and, and have a little bit different Christmas because a lot more aren't traveling and more at home and they want to show pride in their neighborhood and and people put up their trees early and right after Thanksgiving or right before it got those live trees and got the bigger and better one and wanted the tradition of of going to a local farm or someplace to get a tree than just you know an artificial one or or one from your local big box store you know that's what they're going after this year we can hope or you know is clearance stuff not clearance stuff anymore are we going to be you know November 1st, not able to get some of those clearance last-minute things we get for planning for next season after seeing something neat. And, you know, let's not even get people started on Halloween or Thanksgiving or um, 
Yeah, Thanksgiving candy. Uh, Easter candy or uh, uh, friggin' um, Valentine's Day. I mean, you know, I, the whole entire groups at work who just wait till February 15th to buy a whole lot of chocolate because of, you know, they're depressed on how February 14th went for them. So, you know, is this the trend? Is this is this the new normal? We're not going to get our clearance stuff? It might save us haunters in the end of pockets, but in a very different world we're living in, if that's the case, and there's no clearance next Halloween. So until next time, keep every minute scary. The Krampus took all the lights! Tune in next episode for another Haunt Minute. And in the meantime... Share your opinions on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Store. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown, reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Twas the fright before Christmas and all through the haunts. Not a creature was stirring, no victims to taunts. The skeletons were hung by the boiler with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be scared. The monsters were hiding underneath all the beds, while visions of blood and gore danced in their heads. Elvira showing cleavage and a vampire named Drac had just settled down after a typo negative snack. When out in the graveyard arose such a clatter, the zombies woke up to see what was the matter. Up from the cold earth, they dug their way out, moaning and groaning and shuffling about. The full moon shone brightly high in the sky as werewolves howled and a bat flew by. When what did my wandering eyes see and fear but a horde of demons snacking on reindeer and a little old driver so bloody and slick I saw at that moment the end of St. Nick. More rapid than harpies, they ate and they fed. And he screamed and he cried as he fell over dead. Now Barbus and Amon, Forcus and Zagon, eat Margus and Legion, Kali and Leviathan. Drain all his blood, suck the bones clean. Finally, he knows that I say what I mean. As his bones hit the ground for scavengers to take, growling and snarling and claiming their stake. Up to the housetop, something flew with a sleigh full of toys and evil to do. And there was a shiver I heard on the roof the thumping and pawing of really big hoofs. As I drew in a hand and was turning around, down the chimney came the Krampus 
with a bow. He was covered in fur from his head to his foot, and his hair was stained with blood and with soot. A bag full of children he had flung on his back, opening it up to check for a snack. His eyes, how they burned. His teeth were all bloody. His claws were like razors. His hooves were all muddy. His mouth was spread in a wide, wicked grin. And foul-looking drool started to run down his chin. A sharpened finger bone he held in his teeth used as a toothpick to clean out the meat. He had a sharp face, looking evil and cold, and his laugh was as chilling to all who were bold. He was tall and lean and scary as hell, and my nose curled up from an ungodly smell. With a flash of a tooth, and a turn of his head soon gave me to know I had plenty to dread. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work, coal in the stockings, and then he turned with a jerk, grabbed the bottle and drank of his schnapps, and giving a nod up the chimney he shot. He sprang off the roof and gave a loud scream, disappeared in the night like some horrible dream. But I heard him say, as he vanished into the night, Scary Christmas to all, and to all a good fright. Happy Holidays. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hello everyone, it's Drew Badger and this is the Deadline News for episode 278. And we're going to start things off with this from the Hollerin' Haunts Hayride in Clinton, North Carolina. Friday the 13th blackout is happening Friday, January 13th from 7 to 11 p.m. We'll have our Woods of Darkness, which is a blackout walk through the woods and takes about 35 to 40 minutes to complete. Each group will get one glow stick to make it through. The walkthrough is for this event only. Plus, we'll have the darkness as well, which is in our midway. It's $30 for the Woods of Darkness, $12 for the Darkness in the Midway, 
or 35 for both. Located at 2914 Bud Johnson Road in Clinton, get tickets and more information at hollerinhauntshayride.com. We have this from the Strangest Things Haunted Farm in Eugene, Oregon. Strangest Things Haunted Farm presents Krampus Nights. This holiday season, Krampus is coming for you. Come enjoy the terrifying Nightmare Christmas event every Friday and Saturday through December 31st. Evil elves, evil Santas, purge girls, Krampus, evil clowns, the ring, Return of the Living Dead, AVP, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Killer Clowns, Slasherville, The Conjuring Universe, and our favorite, The Exorcist, they will terrify you at every turn. All ages are welcome, but it is meant to be scary. There are no refunds. $22 a person or $33 for a fast pass. Please dress warmly. It is both an outdoor and indoor event. They start selling tickets at 7.45 p.m. and start letting people in around 8.20. Get to the event before 9 to guarantee that you'll get through, and they do reserve the right to close early. Get more information at strangesttheingshauntedfarm.com. We have this from the Terror at Tolleson Haunted House in Tolleson, Arizona. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's back, our new version of Winter Wonderland Extravaganza and Haunted Christmas. Your choice to walk through the only two attractions of the naughty side or two attractions of the nice side. You can also choose all four attractions for the same price. This will definitely be a unique walkthrough event with live characters, photo ops, and live interactive experiences. Happening select nights through January 8th. Get more information at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash terrortolleson. That's T-O-L-L-E-S-O-N. We have this update from Days of the Dead coming to Atlanta. It is with great pleasure that we announce the addition of the Grim Life Collective to the guest roster for Days of the Dead Atlanta, happening January 27th through the 29th. If you haven't caught this awesome horror travel show duo, Michael and Jessica Colentz, be sure to give them a follow over on YouTube as they travel the country visiting real-life horror locations, true crime spots, filming locations, famous graves, and weird roadside attractions, and more. Check out their YouTube channel at youtube.com slash C slash Grim Life Collective. And more information and tickets at Days of the Dead are available at daysofthedead.com. We have a little hiring news from Mortem Manor in Kissimmee, Florida. We're now hiring scare actors for our year-round haunted attraction located in Old Town Kissimmee. Have you ever wanted to work in a haunted house year-round? Now's your chance. Apply online today. More information and a link to their application can be found on their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Manor. We have an update from Fear Expo coming to Owensboro, Kentucky. Fear Expo slash HauntCon 2023 is now open for all registration. We have a few more spots open for the Haunt Master Class instructors, and we plan on announcing all classes very soon. 
So if you want to teach, please sign up today. Happening at the Owensboro, Kentucky Convention Center in Owensboro, Kentucky, March 23rd through the 26th. Get more information at fearexpolive.com. We have this from the Creepy Walk in the Woods Haunted Attraction in Loveland, Colorado. Creepy Walk in the Woods reluctantly announces that they are once again putting on their annual Christmas Walk in the Woods. They say they spilled the glitter on purpose. The woods are filled with lights and elves. There's too many reindeer poop stains, and it's the worst time of the year. And now they have breaking news as Santa will be making an appearance on select nights leading up to Christmas Eve. Opening select nights through January 1st, they encourage you to dress warmly. Get more information at christmaswalkinthewoods.com and please come back in October when things are a bit more normal. And finally, we have this news from Graveside Manor Haunted House in Nashua, New Hampshire. Hello, everyone. It's been a while since I've posted, but I have some good news and some not-so-good news. First off, the good news is that we raised over $4,200 for Make-A-Wish New Hampshire this year. We want to give a big shout-out to all of our wonderful makeup artists and actors for making this another successful year. The not-so-good news is that Graveside Manor is closing its doors permanently. This was a very difficult decision, and we really tried to keep it going, but due to health issues, we had to make this very difficult decision. We've been doing this haunt since 2009, and it's time to retire. Thank you to our Graveside Manor family. We truly will miss you and love you all. Now, they did sell the haunt to Spookville, that is located in our neighborhood, and are very excited to see what they will do. They also do a haunt for charity where they give Halloween costumes to people in need. And we hope that our followers will visit them next October. Thank you for making Halloween so incredible over the years. Sincerely, the owners of Graveside Manor. Remember folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show... Email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Mm. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> The Roundtable of Terror is very proudly sponsored by HauntPay. Whether it's time ticketing, virtual queue lines, or anything else related to online ticket sales, have Alex and his staff set you up at HauntPay.com.
And ladies and gentlemen, happy holidays from all of us here at the Big Scary Show. That big holiday is coming up in just a few short days. And of course, I know you're out there getting your last minute shopping in and checking out all the decorations and the lit trees and all the the cool, happy things that uh, this holiday is very famous for. But um, hopefully, if you haven't or if you need a last second gift idea, why not the gift of music? You know, always a great gift to give away. And somebody who's very, very familiar or somebody's who are very, very familiar with cool music to give to haunters are celebrating their 25th anniversary of being together, playing music and putting out really cool stuff for the haunted attraction industry, a whole quarter of a century of putting out just amazing stuff. Of course, if you haven't figured it out by now, we are talking about Midnight Syndicate. Edward Douglas, Gavin Gosca are our very special guests tonight. We want to welcome them both from the Cleveland area. Ed and Gavin, how are you guys? Good. How's it going? Hey. Grand time here. Yeah, happy to be here. Very glad to have you guys here. You know, we try to get you on at least once a year, usually a little earlier in the season, but it's it's great to have you here after Halloween to kind of talk about your season there, along with our regular hosts, including back from the brink of oblivion, we have Storm. Yes, broadcasting from an undisclosed medical facility in New England. This was an important night. We have important guests. So I am here for you, the fan. <laughs> we appreciate your sacrifice, sir. Down in the Cincinnati area, we have Meat Hook Jim. Midnight Syndicate's been together since I was 32 years old. Happy Yuletide season, everybody, and bah humbug. <laughs> we, we will not discuss ages here on this show tonight. But down in Fanville, Arkansas, somebody who I do not believe has had the chance to talk to them yet, we have Jonna, a.k.a. the Old Crone. I am the president of the Midnight Syndicate um, fan club here in Arkansas, if, if we had one, which we should, because I think you guys are awesome. So I'm really excited. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. It's the Ozark chapter. <laughs> my, my name is Drew Badger down in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've got my cup of hot Earl Grey here and ready to talk to our very good friends of the show, Midnight Syndicate. First of all, Ed and Gavin, we want to wish you a very, very hearty congratulations on being together for 25 years. That no. is that is an accomplishment. Now, has it been 25 years since you've been together or 25 years since you put out your first release? I guess would be the first question. I think it's the it's the commemoration of the first release of the first of the first album. So Gavin and I certainly have known each other for longer than that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's how we're that's I think it's how we're we're doing the countdown based on the release of the first album. They outlasted my marriages. <laughs> <laughs> They've outlasted a lot. We'll of take years. that. It's <laughs> there's not. I mean, when you when you go around, I got. I guess that's one thing I noticed over this year. You know, when you go look at different bands and stuff like that. Yeah, I guess a lot of them making it to 25 years is is like a real rare a real rarity. Of course, there are bands that do so, but um, yeah, 
it's not it's not very common so uh that's cool yeah yeah it's hard to believe it's been that long too <laughs> yeah oh my gosh yeah like before i had any kids i mean like it's just yeah there's just yeah it's a lot it's a long time when you think of you know back in 97 and everything like that it's yeah I think how we were still buying our music on cassettes right and, <laughs> right. and some albums were still coming out on vinyl like because that was still legitimate barely but it was still a legitimate <laughs> like format like um you know or it was maybe the tail end of that ah, i don't know if it was or not uh, i take that back they're doing it on cassettes though we were doing cassettes and cds at least <laughs> And I think the kids today are like, what's a cassette? What's a CD? Vinyl is probably still there, but you guys missed out on the whole eight track phase. (laughs) We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We did. And And nobody wanted to hear a song, you know, halfway through and just then go click as it switched to the next track. Oh, those things were horrible. (laughs) Agreed. 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 Yeah. I did not miss miss that. And even cassettes, I like making custom playlists and stuff like that's why I like cassettes. But no, CDs were so awesome. Just being able to jump around to the song that you want and everything like that was a huge upgrade. Um, Yeah. And I believe that the last, because I worked at a a radio station, I think the last albums that we got on vinyl, that was probably 92 or so, 93. So we were actually a little bit after that, but but we did press cassettes of the first two Midnight Syndicate albums, Midnight Syndicate and Born of the Night. So that's that's our that's a long time. Yeah, <laughs> those have got to be collector's items someplace. They they are. Yeah, they are. I have a couple of them like here deep in the archives that we'll save for some sort of special giveaway or or you know you know some sort of benefit or something like that. Uh, but we have seen some just a few out there. Uh, yeah, uh, it's kind of which is kind of cool. Yeah, I remember talking to somebody. I don't know if it was at Cedar Point this year or whatever, but it was fairly recently that said they they had one of the original Born of the Night cassettes. It's like, oh man, hold on to that thing. Yeah, and and I guess in in a really kind of ironic twist of fate, you're coming full circle because you you seem to be re-releasing a lot of stuff on vinyl now. I know <laughs> you just put Thirteenth Hour out on vinyl, and uh, are there plans to put more out there? Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as long as the demand keeps up and stuff, I mean, it seems like people have really gotten back into that and stuff. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably revisit the library and, and you know, you might see some more titles coming out on vinyl again. Yeah, we put, we, let, we last year we released the Bloodlines album, which was uh, like a prequel to the 13th Hour album. And it was partially because we wanted to do this double album vinyl version of the 13th hour so now when you get the 13th hour in vinyl you also get the bloodlines album with it you know where the bloodlines you know flows straight into 13th hour like we originally intended it and and that's kind of cool you get to see how it all flows together and um it makes for a cool listening experience um but actually yeah we knew that we wanted to do the 13th hour in vinyl we said oh you know let's let's really explore this uh habergast family maybe do something like a prequel and, and put them together. So that was part of the reason we did the bloodlines. You know, uh, with that, with you guys being musicians, you know, one thing my brother is always like vinyl is such a more pure sound to the music, man, is what he always tells me. Do you guys find that even with your music as opposed to digital 
versus final or is or is that you know more of a myth and people to you know spend 10 more bucks on a, a vinyl in this uh, record store <laughs> i think we are we are of very different opinions on that one i am i am not so much on the vinyl front um you know when cds like first came out i couldn't jump on that bandwagon like you know quickly enough <laughs> like get these things out of here uh just because i like i like the fidelity i mean it's you know it's uh a cleaner sound and everything and then when you, you know the cds were putting all kinds of bonus tracks on and everything so that was nice i mean it did involve rebuying a lot of the stuff that i already had but i thought it was worth it and then the convenience of you know having it all like instead of having to change sides and stuff but i mean i get there's there's so much of a market for that vintage sound you know you'll find um engineers adding um you know like a vinyl grit or like you know tape noise tape saturation is a big thing that you know, they'll add that into recordings to give it some kind of character because they think that, you know, digital is just too clean. It doesn't have a character of its own. And I get that. I mean, I get, you know, especially in certain types of music where that would be really appealing and, and you know, where you'd want that. I, um, yeah, I, Gavin is, 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 uh, I agree definitely with, uh, with what Gavin said about, you know, certainly the fidelity, I think of, um, digital, you know, digital recordings. Um, I I have I've absolutely embraced vinyl for a long time now uh, because when I grew up that's what I first listened to music on uh, a turntable and so it it kind of like brings back a lot of memories for me just the format um, I will say this much that vinyl and analog has a warmer sound to it and some people like that um, is that does that mean it's a slightly muddier sound you know yeah. Yeah, quite possibly uh, in a lot of instances. Um, but there's something about taking out an album and looking at the artwork in, in a huge, wonderful format. And a lot of those were gatefold albums where you open up and there's pictures, there's huge pictures from the band or cool artwork that you could look at while you were listening to the album. That's really cool. Uh, and, and additionally, I found that as we went more and more digitally, digital i i put together these playlists of like one song from every album and that's all i was listening to is like certain songs from each album well listening to a vinyl record kind of forces you to listen to album sides again getting back to the uh, the old school way of like listening to all the songs on an album side and seeing how they flow together and it's really good for our albums because you know especially the ones that tell a story you know the whole flow of the album is really important um as opposed, as opposed to just listening to one song at a time so you know just because it's such a pain in the butt to get up and walk and, and turn over the you know skip songs you know you find i find myself rediscovering a lot of b-sides on all of my favorite albums that i just haven't listened to in a long time because you know i've just been picking my very favorite from the albums instead of listening to the whole albums and it's been wonderful uh rediscovering this music from bands just because I don't know. Format, you know, kind of really encourages you to listen to entire album sides and and it's fun and I like it. And and uh, I am now collecting all my favorite albums. Speaking uh, about you know. of your albums, um I know my favorite has always been Born of the Night. Um but I use in my haunt because it's a medieval themed haunt. I actually use your Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, nice. I I use tracks off of that. Um but what is what do you think your favorite uh, Midnight Syndicate album is? 
Um, boy, yeah, I, I keep going back to the gates of delirium because, you know, I, I think that it was such a, a major leap forward for us in terms of the production. Um, you know, from Realm of Shadows was, it was very much more about the music and everything. And I just don't think the technology was quite there yet on, on integrating a lot of the, the sound effects and such. And I think that's something that we really, really focused on on Gates was to, to bring that world to life in as much detail as we could. Um, and I just see a, like a huge difference there in terms of a, like a leap forward on that. Um, but like 13th Hour too is a, is a you know, it's a classic theme. Uh, it was really cool to get to kind of explore our version of a musical, you know, trip through a haunted house like what we pictured happening and, you know, some of the, the encounters and stuff in the rooms and everything. So that that's uh, that's another personal favorite. Yeah. I mean, 13th hour for sure. I mean, that's like, a, that's just like a, a very special album for us. Um, you know, I, I think carnival arcane for a dark carnival. I have yet. To, I really feel like we, I don't I'm not, I just feel like we nailed that theme. I like that's, that. a, that's a fun one to listen completely through. Yes. That and the uh, Spirits of Christmas album. There you go, Storm. My favorite is like, if I had to pick one, and it's, so, it's tough, you know, it's like picking a favorite child. But I will definitely say one of my absolute favorites, and it's got to be in the conversation every single time, is our Christmas album. Because I love that album. Um, I really love that album a lot. Uh, let us uh, spread our wings a little bit. And I'm just, I just think we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish with that, making Midnight Syndicate versions of classic Christmas, Christmas carols, like really old school 14th, 15th century Christmas carols. And then a couple originals that we threw in that kind of, kind of worked as well. So, um, yeah, I, I, that's probably, those are my, those are like, those are two of my, two of my favorites. Maybe Christmas, Christmas, might, I can't believe it. Our Christmas album might be one of my favorite, my favorite album we've ever done. I, I guess conversely, another question would be, what are the albums that you would prefer to either remaster, remix, or let's just say are not your favorite album? Do you have a least favorite or a, uh, we could have done better on that one type type release? Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, I'll help you out here, Gavin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, for certainly, I suppose the first Goodness. Midnight Syndicate album. The first Midnight Syndicate album was, you know, still this whole, this whole concept coming together. Um, and, you know, there just was, when you were back in 96, like when you say, we're going to, I'm going to create a band that does soundtracks to imaginary films. That's what we're going to do. Well, there just wasn't anything like, that out there at the time it was completely off the wall and, and kind of crazy and um and so um so so the first album you know was really i don't want to say an experiment but it was in a way and of can this concept work and and, and stuff and so yeah when i listen back to the very first midnight syndicate album there are there are I'm certainly proud of each song. There's a lot of crazy stuff on there, including Gavin's favorite song, Wall to Wall Carpet. Um, but, um, but you know, certainly without that, there would be no Midnight Syndicate as we know it today. Uh, a lot of songs on that album became Midnight Syndicate songs later on, either just got re-released on later tracks or the inspiration for future tracks. Um, so, um but yeah, I mean, I suppose of all the albums and stuff like that, if I could redo it, 
uh, that would be that would be the one. But that you know, the big thing there too is that was me writing primarily as a soul, like on my own, with help from other artists. But it was me like really spearheading it. And the magic of Midnight Syndicate, I think, comes from Gavin and I working together, co-writing the music together, and equally being creative partners equally on each album. I think that's the magic in it. So, so that, that's you know, that's really an interesting story of. of of the beginnings there that I don't even think I've heard before. So my question real quick is, did you guys originally intend this to be the haunted attraction industry or did you have another audience in mind when you did that first album? The first album, the very first album, um, I knew that there were going to be songs on there that were going to appeal to people that were very interested in Halloween. Um, and uh, I did, did take it to haunted houses and here near uh certain songs to haunted houses that uh were local um but you know at that point in time you know uh not even like i think i think it wasn't until born of the night that we were like it's like when i at the end of that first album it was like focus on the things yeah we're getting into a lot of like the whole origin story which i'm doing a terrible job of telling right now but (laughs) it was really at the end of that first album, it was like, well, first of all, I need another writing partner. I need another equal creative partner to bounce ideas off of. So I know what's good and what's not good and what's flowing. What's not, I need another writer. I don't want to write all the songs on the album. And, and that's where Gavin came in. And, and that was, that was, that was a number one thing, but then it was, yeah, let's, let's focus. The first album had not only dark instrumental music on it, but it had like rock music and all these different styles because the whole idea was that soundtracks to imaginary films doesn't have to be orchestral music. It could just be an instrumental track with a guitar or something like that with some, but the one thing that was constant is there were sound effects mixed in all throughout all the, the first album. There was always sound effects mixed in with the music to kind of just, trigger your imagination and hopefully take you to a little moment in a film or a world of your own creation like thing. Um, but anyway, um, what I've always done best is the dark spooky stuff. That's what's inspired me. I know everything I've done has always drifted that dark. So writing the darker music comes very natural and writing orchestral instrumental music is the stuff that not only did I do best, but it was what I had the most experience in having scored like student films and scored the original dead matter and, and had all this music so it just felt the natural progression that's where my strengths lied and that's what also gavin was interested in so that's the kind of music those are the songs off that album that gavin liked most and so i mean can't ask for much more of a a, a flow uh as far as that goes you know it's perfect as far as that goes and then yes born of the night yeah we knew it was halloween it was haunted houses and off and running those were the first places that we targeted and and really dialed in that you mentioned the dead matter now i i cannot remember when that movie came out but was that was not before 1997 was it yeah yeah the original my first project out of college was the first original dead matter movie and it was a micro micro budget film a micro micro budget version of the film that we released in 2010, but only that one was shot on super VHS and um, very guerrilla style. Um, in that era, you did see a lot of independent, independent filmmakers. If you didn't have the budget, the only 
equipment you could really probably afford was like a VHS recorder or a super VHS recorder, which is just a little bit better quality. Uh, so if you were going to make a film and you didn't have big bucks, that's what you really wanted to make a film. That's the technology you had. And so that's what we did. Um, but my most rewarding aspect, most rewarding aspect of making that original Dead Matter film in 96 was definitely doing the score. And the score to that film and all of the outtakes, all the themes that didn't make that um, uh, score to that original film became Midnight Syndicate songs and really made up the basis of uh, Born of the Night and Realm of Shadows as far as my, con my contributions go to it. So was it that version or was it the 2010 version that was just shown, I believe, last week at the Shocktober Film Fest? <laughs> that would be the 2010 version. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we release that, 2000, that 1996 version at some point in time. I don't, I don't, to be, there's a lot of people to... that are itching for it. They're like, we want to see what this is all about. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe we will. Maybe we will. So we need to release that. the video, but I never got to see the movie. Oh, well, you missed out. Uh, I remember when it was announced and they said what day. Um, I'm, I'm running into hot topic, you know, of yes. course, and a tie and stuff coming from work and, you know, pushing over golf kids. Give me Midnight Syndicate. I need the movie. <laughs> yes. Thank you. How much yeah. fun is that? You need to release that on the next director's cut ultra 4K HD version of, <laughs> of the Dead Matter, which I'm sure will no doubt come out in a steelbook edition any day now right you know that we're gonna have to do something yeah that we're coming up on we're coming up on the 15th anniversary of that that mm -hmm. film i can't good lord uh yeah but uh, yeah i just feel old okay that, that film is in my library yes i think we watched that on the bus during one of the uh mhc tours <laughs> yes Maybe there's like a trailer 2011 or 12 or something they played, they played the, and they played the trailer uh, of the movie at MHC like 2008 or 2009 while you were driving, while they were going on the tours. They're very cool. Um, they're very supportive. The whole community was very supportive of us in that whole endeavor, and it was, it was, it was fun. I think I have one of the original T-shirts I may have picked up from your booth at MHC in 2009. Yeah, I say that, that was old school. You had like one T-shirt left, and it happened to be my size hanging up on the side there, and I was like, I'll take it. And and I still have it. It doesn't fit me like it did back in 2009, but we won't talk about that. But, uh, <laughs> but what we will talk about is the fact that we are talking with Midnight Syndicate here, and you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show with our very special guests, Edward Douglas and Gavin Gosca, along with our regular hosts. We're going to take a very short break to play a very important message from our very important sponsor. And we'll be right back. Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots. Variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts. And now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror talking with our good friends, Midnight Syndicate, 
Edward Douglas, Gavin Gaska, our usual co-host. And, you know, we haven't really talked about it yet, but one of the reasons we always like to get you guys on in, say, August or July is that we can talk about your upcoming show at Cedar Point up in Sandusky, Ohio. Again, we weren't able to get you there this year, but let's talk about it after the fact. How was your run at the Jack Aldrich Theater at Cedar Point this year? And I know you had uh, J. Michael Roddy come in to do production work. I know you had some familiar people doing set design and all that work and everything, but uh, how was the show? Yeah, this is a, this was a bit of a different run for us um, because we actually did not write the show. Um, uh, Michael Roddy was the kind of the spearhead for this. He had this idea of um, introducing an iconic character for the park, um, Mr. Midnight. And he also wanted to tie that in with a show from us and kind of have us, you know, like it was more of a collaborative kind of thing where, you know, it was about Mr. Midnight, but it was also about Midnight Syndicate doing what we normally do and bringing our music to the theater and everything. Uh, so that was really different. And the, the cool thing is, I mean, he's got some fantastic ideas. Um, one of the cool things we were able to do this time is take the, the show outside of the theater. So we did do an indoor Jack Aldrich show. We also played uh, one song that was written specifically for the show uh, out on the main celebration stage outside uh, for their opening ceremonies. So that was a first. Um, we, we had not done you know anything outside yet. Uh, it was a big stage. It was a big spectacle. They had pyro. They had like you know all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. So it was yeah, it was a very different year for us. Very cool. And it went over really great, which is like the best part of the whole thing. You know, it, because it was a little bit different from what we've done in the past, you always, you know, you're wondering, hey, what are the what are the fans going to think? And the response was really great. I mean, like, you're never going to please everybody. Uh, uh, um, uh, and, and so some people are going to like the style of some of the other stuff that we did. Some people are going to like the style of this show more. But that's just part of the whole thing. But the fact of the matter is, even if it wasn't your favorite show, people really had fun with it. And that is a, a, a great feeling. Um, and for a lot of people, it was one of their favorite shows that we've ever done. So, I mean, you can't ask for more. And shout out to the uh, to the actors, too. We had They actually had two different actors playing the character of Mr. Midnight. Completely different takes on the character, which was awesome. Um, one was very, very under understated and sinister. The other one was a, a bit more like, you know, over the top kind of, you know, uh, and they, both of them did an absolutely fantastic job, uh, as did um, the Mallory became a <laughs> fan favorite character. This is a, a character who was basically an assistant to Mr. Midnight in the show. He had no lines to start off with. And throughout the production, you know, um, between the actor Chris Craig and uh, and Michael Roddy, they kind of integrated a lot more dialogue and stuff. And by the end of the run, he was like the big draw. Like people would come to our show to see Mallory or to talk to him after the show. And we do this whole thing where he did jump scares, like when we did this procession back from the uh, celebration stage. Um, it became like a thing unto itself. And it was, it was really cool seeing that develop. Like, you know, people kind of getting to know all of those characters and really getting to love them and everything. You mentioned that Mr. Midnight was kind of being introduced as an iconic character. Is he going to return over the next few years? Is this going to be like Jack at Halloween Horror Nights or something? Will there be a Mr. Midnight as like the unofficial mascot for Cedar Point now? Or was this kind of a one shot? 
I think that's, that, that's the idea. In fact, that's funny you mentioned Jack because that's uh, uh, Michael Roddy developed Jack for Universal Studios. Uh, so I think that's that was the the game plan. And and you know if you if you have more to offer on that, um, feel free to jump in and stuff. But I think they are definitely planning on continuing his his role in the parks. Yep, no, he's definitely yeah, and because and people really liked it. And and Cedar Point's never done anything quite like him to that extent. They've never done an icon quite like that to that extent. And it was a great success. And people really enjoyed it, the, the character and what it brought. And uh, so that's very exciting. Now, it was a great year, um, great year out there. Great seeing everybody uh, that came on out uh, to see the show and um, uh, highly successful. You know, we were celebrating 25 years, but so was Halloweekends. Halloweekends was celebrating their 25th year. And so, I mean, how great was that? Uh, that just worked out perfectly. So the show became the Midnight Hour, a celebration of 25 years of Midnight Syndicate and Cedar Point together. Because uh, that, from the very first year, from the first Midnight Syndicate album, uh, but certainly Born of the Night, um, we uh, Cedar Point was one of the first theme parks to use Midnight Syndicate during um their event uh from the very beginning and 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 so we've kind of done this thing for 25 years together so why not create a show that kind of celebrates that so the show kind of went through different elements of the park and and featured different you know tracks of our music that have been featured in the park over the years and different tracks that have been featured in different shows that we've done there and it was a real nice little kind of retrospective uh show which was a lot of fun and something different i love seeing all the pictures that you you know when you're doing the meet and greets after the shows you know there was so much of that posted on social media i got to meet ed and gavin yay kind of stuff yeah um you know you've been doing this you know since 2014 not continuously every year but you know are you are you seeing the same people come back year after year and you know multiple times during the year or are there still people out there saying i've never heard of you guys but wow that was an amazing show kind of thing what kind of percentages are you seeing as far as your personal experiences new people versus people who have seen you year after year yeah, there's a, there's a lot of both actually we we most definitely have uh, returning fans that you know um that have come back just to see the show and see what we, you know, what we've done new for the year. Um, we have plenty of people that come back like multiple weekends <laughs> to see how things develop, which is really cool too. Cause that's always been one of the fun aspects of doing that show is, you know, what you see on the first weekend will usually be very different than what you see on the last weekend uh, as we kind of, you know, develop things and characters kind of get settled in and everything. And we, we kind of tweak out the show and everything. Um, so definitely a, a lot of that, but also plenty of new people that, you know, who are you guys? Oh, this was an awesome show. I love your music. You know, this is really cool to see this production. And so it's really nice to have both of, of those things. You know, having the show at the beginning, there was a real nice plug where um, on the big stage, uh, they did a nice introduction, uh, which talked a little bit about how Cedar Point and Midnight Syndicate had worked together for 25 years. And so there are a lot of people who just don't go to shows at theme parks. It's just not their thing. So, uh, but doing the show on the main stage, they got to see it. Um, and so a lot, we got a lot of people coming up saying, my God, I've been listening to your music throughout the theme park for over these 25 years. I never knew it was yours. Uh, I love it. And so we got a lot of that and that was, that felt really good. 
you know, people that just, I don't know, they didn't pay attention or they didn't care, you know, or, or how would you know? It's, you know, but it was the, the one thing that made this year special. One, one of the things that really made this year special is they really, we really kind of pointed up, Hey, we've been doing this, you know, if you walked up and down these midways, you know, at Halloween since it started, you heard Midnight's and it gets music. Here it is. And, and we put together a special little CD called 25 years together, um, which we sold at the park and we'll sell it in the years, you know, at the end years, you know, going forward. Um, that just had, you know, songs that were used at the park the most, uh, over the, over the past 25 years. We put that out so people could take home the music with them too. And anyway, yeah, it was just, man, a lot of great synergy and, and a lot of fun. So it was good. And I guess speaking of theme park albums, you know, a couple of years ago, you guys put out an album for Halloween Horror Nights, which sold out like that. But uh, you put a new one out this year. How did that go? And what was that all about? Well, we just had, you know, another extension of, you know, there, our music was a big part of the legendary truth uh, theme. This kind of this, uh, this world that they created within Halloween Horror Nights for many years. And our music was a huge part of that. So they put together the Legendary Truth album, which featured our music and different sound bites and audio clips and stuff like that from Halloween Horror Nights, Legendary Truth years. Um, and uh, yeah, and they put it out again on vinyl because that's like the thing right now. I, that really works. That album in particular really worked well because the, the scratchiness, the imperfections of the vinyl really played to uh the whole experience i think it also does on 13th hour too i will say um having the vinyl and the imperfections does add a little bit of a cool a cool little effect to it but anyway um yeah so that came out and it and they they, they uh they put that out at the park and, and that was another opportunity to go down there and see all our friends down there in orlando in the orlando area and do a signing and uh great time great time great always great working with uh um, with uh, the guys down at Halloween Horror Nights as well. So um, good times. Busy, busy year, but good times. Was Great. that album sold out as well? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I don't think they have. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, it was a limited run, and I believe that it is sold out. But, you know, and we'll see. We might make that content. We'll see. That content might not be gone forever. We'll find new ways maybe of putting it out there and getting it out to the people that couldn't get down there or, you know, you know, uh, weren't able to, uh, we have the content, so we'll see. Well, um, some of it, we can, um, some of them, we, some of it, we can't put out, but a lot of the material we, we, we can. And so let's just see. Um, we, we want to get this, we want the music to be out there and available to everybody that cares to listen. So let's just see what that we'll have to see what happens in the, in the, in the coming years. You guys have done, um, just trying to think, I know, you know, you've done carnival type things, you've done the, the gothic, you've done um, nurseries, you did even the wedding, the wedding one, I can't think of the name of it right off the hand, but that was really cool um, on one of your newer albums. Yeah, the Bloodlines, yep. Bloodlines. Yes, yes, on the Bloodlines, thank you. And, um, you know, I'm just kind of wondering what's, what themes and things are you going to bring out next, you know, like maybe... A, a renaissance medieval or viking um you know celtic thing might be really cool to come out with ant 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 <laughs> <laughs> very nice i like it i like it 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of ideas that we haven't certainly explored yet. Um, you know, and, and then if you start kind of running with different themes, like in trying to kind of take them off of center and like, you know, in a different direction than maybe have, has been done before, uh, you can get into some kind of interesting combinations with some things. So, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. We'll, see, we'll have to see. Yeah, we definitely, we have a list of all the themes. I mean, there's so many themes we have yet to, to explore, but that's what makes it exciting. That's what, you know, keeps us going because it's like, there's so, there's so many other worlds uh, that we could take people to that we haven't even touched upon. Um, uh, you know, and that's, uh, that's exciting. We want to take you there. We have lots of places to get to go. So many themes. The Celtic, that's like, I mean, I think that's fantastic. The I've already yeah. got, a, I've already got a song title for you. Okay. It's called Whale of the Banshee. Oh Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah, Jim, I love it. I love it. I actually have a working title song called Banshee that that was been floating around for a really super long time. Uh, it, it's not been used yet. Kevin you cannot I, see the smile on my face right now because the, that's the name of my haunt is Banshee Manor. Oh, Ooh, nice. nice. Nice, nice. Yeah. You know, we, yeah, there's just a lot of, and, and, and we get, this input from the fans, from our supporters, um, what they want to hear next. And um, yeah, we, we definitely, we definitely listen. Um, And yeah, there's a lot, (laughs) there are a lot of really good ideas floating out there right now. And that's, that's really great to hear because, you know, as a big fan, it's always nice to know that, um, that I have things to look forward to, you know, new things coming to listen. Um, and, and we had discussed, you know, with our favorite albums, how, um, you know, sometimes we tend to go back to the ones that introduced us to you, um, which is nice. Um, but there's, I want to kind of compare you guys to, um, you know, a lot of people know, and and I, I apologize because I am big fans of theirs as well, or I used to be, Mannheim Steamroller. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Um, some of these other, you know, groups that are primarily um ambient and stuff and all of their stuff started sounding exactly alike and they tried to do something halloweeny and it just failed miserably compared to you guys um so i'm glad that you guys have new ideas and new ways to go to just keep elevating your music now that that's that's very cool yeah no we we definitely and I, I credit Gavin a lot to this, you know, for this too, you know, pushing new, new grounds and making sure that we're not retreading the same, the same, the same stuff. And um, there are, there are a lot of places to go that we have not touched on yet, which is, is very exciting. And I think we, we just bringing up the whole Celtic thing. I mean, that's like, I mean, that's just another example. Has it come up in our conversations before? It has. And, you know, or, and so, you know, you know, it's, we're listening and, uh, you know, definitely excited about, about, you know, taking things in a little bit direct, new directions, um, yet familiar at the same time. We don't, you know, uh, right, Gavin? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're not looking to reinvent the wheel, but we are looking to take it and make it a better wheel and cool wheel and check it out and do some new things, right? That's the, that's the, the tricky part of, of, you know, balancing that is you don't want to go so, out in left field where it's like, well, what are these guys doing? Like, that's not at all like why I got into listening to them and stuff. 
but you also want to push the envelope enough to, to you know bring in some new elements and keep it fresh and everything. You don't want to just put out the same album like time and time and time again, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And that's true. I've never thought that your album sounded, you know, are starting to sound alike. Good. Good. Yeah. Very good to hear. I remember I we remember when Mannheim Steamroller came into Trans World. Yeah. Like, like a we were we were we were we were rocking pretty good at that point. That was like 2005 or 6. Um and then the big Mannheim Steamroller corporate engine rolled into Trans World and gave every single person that walked into the 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 uh, show a CD of their music and I'm like bold move because that's the, that's what he could do because they had the money and like uh it was a little bit of a david and goliath uh kind of moment there when you said well when you were looking at him like okay we'll see what happens but um i'm happy to say that we uh came out on top <laughs> yeah and i'm thinking here with the celtic music you know that opens up renaissance fairs and that kind of thing as opposed to not necessarily marketing t- towards halloween but you know those groups are linked together as far as the theatrics, a, and a lot of them are are held in the fall and things like that. So I I could see you running in the same circles with something like that. Yeah, sort of finding that that darker edge of the Celtic music. I can easily see us doing. Though I will say, uh, one of the things that we get the most requests for is a, another Dungeons and Dragons album, which I know our haunters are not that interested in at all. <laughs> but but it does. Um, we do get a lot of requests for that. And we're actually getting a lot of requests for a second Christmas album. But, you know, first things first, we have lots of things that we have yet to do, uh, you know. And it doesn't mean that even if we take a little detour, uh, we can get back. I'm glad you brought up the Christmas album, Tis the Season, so to speak. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you hear you can't escape Christmas music these days. But, um, you know, for those people who did not know, you know, you kind of broke the news on our show that you were putting out a Christmas album. You told us one time at Transworld several years ago that that was going to happen. And I just was like, what the heck? And <laughs> it's turned out to be fantastic. So to hear that you guys are pondering a second one is... Uh, is really great now you know what was the genesis of it? i mean why why a christmas album i guess would be the first question and you know i'm glad you guys did it but but what made you go in such a different direction and and does this open up things for like other holidays you know you know are, are we going to hear an arbor day album one of these <laughs> days or or something you know storm and i have both talked about that you know we need some kind of arbor day haunt maybe thing. that celtic i can see the celtic like rolling into a, a woodsy type arbor day summer gone. solstice gone. type thing yeah. oh, st yeah. patrick's day with all the irish themes yes yeah, there's other holidays out there, although there we don't other normally... holidays out there. you can mind some of the lesser known ones, too. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you can, you can you can um, really go into all of the pagan stuff, the pagan side. Yeah, right. Of the, the holidays with the Celtic yeah. music and Druid music and things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A big a big inspiration for the Christmas album, like just was like really digging into the lore of Christmas and the holiday season as it's celebrated all around the world. And a lot of that is like more as like pagan roots. Um, A lot of the stories and the the traditions in certain countries are very much uh, rooted in, in, in paganism and stuff. So um, 
Yeah, it was that you know we are we we mined that for the Christmas album when we started making our own twists on these uh, songs, and certainly when we did some of the original stuff. So yeah, there was the, there was actually uh, something that our fans had been asking about for a long, long yeah, time was. Yeah. You know, did you guys ever do like a Christmas album? And I mean, it was something that we kind of had in the back of our minds like all along, but it just it like never felt like the right time until we did it. Um, but it was a it was a lot of fun to work on because it was a challenge. It was like you really had to kind of think outside of the box, and it wasn't really just about translating, you know, like all these songs that everybody knows into like minor keys. And okay, this one gets played on a pipe organ. You know, that that would be like an easy route to go. You know, we wanted to we wanted it to be like I would describe that album as darkly beautiful. It's a good balance. It's dark in places, but it's also got like glimmers of light in there too. And I think the fact that there's both is why it works so well. It, it, sure. it, it's very cool because when we asked our, our fans, we were doing this uh, Legions of the Night volume one, this best of, and one of the songs on there is Christmas at Midnight, which is like a bonus track on that album which is very different from Midnight Syndicate is very hopeful. Um, it's got still like a mysterious tone to it, but it's um, it has become a favorite for a lot of uh, Midnight Syndicate fans. And that's feels uh, great. They went with us on this journey where we took things in a little bit of a different direction and enjoyed it. So um, absolutely. Now I'm glad you brought up legions of the night and I know that I'm looking at the clock here. We do need to start winding this down. But um, you have a group called Legions of the Night, a social media group that, um, you know, I recently joined a few months ago. And, it, and it's kind of like a, a super secret fan club that's not necessarily super secret. But uh, can you talk about that a little bit and how yeah. can people join into that? Oh, absolutely. Um, Legions of the Night was like, if you go back and look at the Realm of Shadows album, um you will see the first ads for legions of the night it was just it, it was just the name of our fan club uh since we started and it used to be like a mail-in thing where you uh i don't know sent us your address and we would send you a catalog when we had a new album out back in the old days of <laughs> that was the thing and it just kind of progressed over the years and then we decided hey for the 25th anniversary let's really redo this let's really relaunch it into something that is very special for people that that care about this music people that like really like midnight syndicate music and want to hear the backstories on how these albums were produced and uh care if we released a, a special merchandise item uh only for like uh, you know for the group or um you know, or would we, you know, get a thrill out of, uh, you know, entering like a contest where we like, or not contest or like giveaways and stuff like that. And so we relaunched Legions of the Night this year and anybody can get to it by simply going to the front page of Midnight Syndicate. And you'll see a big ad for it. Um, but yeah, if you're a fan of, of Midnight Syndicate or have been, we encourage you to check it out. Uh, it's very cool. It's free. Um, uh, when you join, uh, if you want, we'll send you uh, this Legions of the Night Volume 1, which is actually, uh, the, we asked all of our fans that, you know, we, we put it out there and took all these votes on, hey, what are your favorite Midnight Syndicate songs? Took them, compiled them onto a list as chosen by them, no editorial, and we took the top 13 songs and we put them on this Legions of the Night Volume 1 uh, CD. You get that when you sign up. Um, and, and then you can, you know, go further down the rabbit hole and get some other goodies. And if not, you can just sit and, and 
get the updates that we send out and get these extra bonus uh, features that we're planning on doing. And then, yes, another part of it is the Facebook group. If people are on Facebook, uh, it's a very cool um, group where there's just a lot of it's very easy to, you know, post old photos of Gavin and I or some really exclusive stuff that nobody's seen before on Facebook in this group. And um, and so we do that there. Um, and that's just part part of joining this this uh, Legions of the Night. So we encourage anybody who enjoys lead, enjoys our music to check out Legions of the Night, please. Yeah, I, I, I definitely I signed up on that whenever I first, I mean, I, like you guys had just posted it. Thank it you. was available. So I have the little, little album. I have the, the, uh, the little sticker. Yeah. Fangirling. Fantastic. Appreciate it. <laughs> Any uh, final questions from the hosts? You, you, you want them to cover more stuff? We've, we've almost covered the whole 25 year history. For just them. about just, just in case you had a final I guess the final question that I'll throw out there is, is there new music on the horizon for 2023? <laughs> um, you know, um, we're always working on something. <laughs> you know, um, I'm just trying to think of, I don't know if we want to say a whole lot about anything beyond that. Cause you know, there's so many plans that are up in the air still right now. Like, you know, will we be back at Cedar point, you know, is, as far as new music and stuff, what will it be? When will it be? You know, will it be that kind of thing? Um, I, I would say just just wait and see and stay tuned. Yeah. Okay. Know that we are we are know that we are busy and we have uh, yep. yeah we're yes I think I, we could say yep not slowing down at all <laughs> even after the Halloween season now there's a little bit of catch up but that's uh, we haven't stopped it's already thinking 2023 like right. You know, I will say something, you, you know, have known you guys and stuff over the years, you know, through the 25 years, you guys don't stop creating because whenever you talk, you, you got some idea, something kicking around that, you know, might be 24 months later, but turns into something that blows our mind. So that's that's uh, that, that says something for not only how long you guys have been together, but can can keep coming out with stuff and, and keep kicking. I mean, you know, we're talking off the air before about bands which are older than 25 years, you know, some of them are still only playing what they, you know, one hindered what 25 years ago. Well, thank you, Storm. Yeah, we appreciate that very much. Yes. Yeah, we've had some really great opportunities too, um, which is, is, is always nice. That kind of like throws a lot of variety into the works. You know, it's not just about like releasing albums. We, we've got like the, the live show thing at Cedar Point and, and, and other things, plenty of other things that, you know, you never know, <laughs> you never know what's going to be the next project. Well, Ed and Gavin, it's always a pleasure to have you here on The Big Scary Show. I'm sure, Ed, we will see you at Transworld as we normally do. Gavin, I know you do convention appearances of, of a slightly different nature, but um, for people who want more information, maybe to join the Legions of the Nightclub, get information on your previous music, maybe keep in touch with new music, and maybe some convention appearances. Um, where's the best place to get that information? And I know, Gavin, if you're appearing at a convention or, Ed, you're doing a trade show or convention, uh, let us know where you're going to be. We'll do. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, it's very simple because of the midnightsyndicate.com. And just on that front page, check. be sure to check out Legions of the Night because it is, it is new. Uh, 
it's different from our mailing list. It's a, it's a special cool thing, but it's free. And I, I think if you enjoy our music, you won't be disappointed in that. And, um, and yeah, uh, I will be at uh, Trans World, of course, uh, kicking it out with the, the 13th hour vinyl and a bunch of new merch and stuff. And Gavin's going to be at his cons. Yes, doing the, doing the anime thing. Um, not as many as I, I have been in the past, though. They're, kind of, they're, they're starting to get a bit more scare, uh, scarce and, and such. So I don't know. I hate to think I'm slowing down in my old age, but, you know, there it is. <laughs> what about uh fear expo are you guys going to be there thinking about it, it you know we, it's, it's a great it's they're doing everything right um and the only thing uh that might prevent us from that is our work schedules because this year was really a lot and got to have to watch that we're pacing our, <laughs> ourselves properly um yeah there comes a time where it just it becomes it comes a bit too much because um, we're working so much, it really is. So, gotcha. and Ed, Ed, you were just at IAPA, but also you were at a convention in Texas, the Preserve Halloween Festival too. How did that go? Oh, it was great. Well, great people putting together a, a, a con over there to celebrate Halloween. Lots of other wonderful guests um, and people that just really care about. Um, I don't know, bringing Halloween and uh, you know. The Halloween traditions up and keeping it great down there. I mean, in Dallas, it was fantastic. I know they're going to continue doing it. So, yeah, uh, yeah real, real fun, really wonderful con down there, which was great. Great to yeah, be we part had, of. We had the owner on, I believe, last year, right after Halloween. So, you good know, guy. Um, I, 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 I wish them well. I hope they continue on. But once again, folks, Edward Douglas and Gavin Gosca have been making music as Midnight Syndicate for over 25 years, go to midnightsyndicate.com, sign up for their Legions of the Night, check out all their calendar stuff, personal appearances. They will talk to you. They're great guys. They're very friendly and, and very, very much in respect for all their fans. They know who put them where they are in this industry, and, and they're just good guys to talk to. So if you get a chance to meet them, please go see them ed and ed and gavin it is always a pleasure to have you here on the big scary show oh thanks so much great to be here again always great to be here so great talking with all of you and uh, uh nice meeting you john for the first time today yeah yeah good to How meet cool you cool is that and, um yeah storm drew jim we've been here we've done this right this is good just always great always great fun so thank you so much for for having us out here and as always, like you mentioned, we couldn't do this without our hosts, including Storm. Uh, forgive me if I missed it, but the, is there a registration for 2023 with haunts on the uh, site yet? You know what? We, what we've done with the haunt registration is just we ask, and, and this is if you have a professional haunt, if you're charging admission, um, uh, we ask that you register. We are not asking that everybody registers, er, register every year. Just oh, as cool. you register and you go up to our website and you see your haunt listed and the um, website is accurate. You want to make sure so that we're sending traffic your way. Um, that's all that's required. Midnight Syndicate, always thinking of the fans and the haunts. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. We also, speaking of thanking, we also want to thank Meat Hook Jim. Well, for, <laughs> for those of you that uh, haven't had the pleasure of enjoying their music, Go to the website, sign up, and then buy every album they've got available. <laughs> <laughs>
Trust I'm sure they will thank Here's you. Thing, we have plenty of streaming options as well. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we also want to thank fangirl Jana, the old crone. Yes. Um, so I am available for any witch sounds um, or banshee sounds or Scottish accents that you might happen to need. <laughs> Fantastic. Just Love give it. me a call. <laughs> Love it. And, and hopefully we'll see you at Transworld so you can go see Ed and I'll introduce the two of you. Yes, definitely. <laughs> My name is Drew Badger down in Charlotte. And I do want to say that after 25 years, I do believe Midnight Syndicate is now eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let, let that sink in right now. You're listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on The Big Scary Show. We need to get a letter writing campaign for that. We can do a GoFundMe for a star in Hollywood, too, if you want. There you go. I chip in two bits. Two bits.
Greetings, listeners, and welcome. Watch out. Don't trip over that torso. It's time for Between the Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meet Hook Jim here. As we continue our journey down torture and executions, we went from witch hunts in Europe to witch hunts in England. Beggars in England posed as witches to get more money, but risked the attention of the witch finders. These men, typified by Matthew Hopkins, used dubious means to define witchcraft and hanged the guilty. Between 1558, when Elizabeth I took the throne, in 1736, when witchcraft was no longer an offense, 513 cases of witchcraft were scrutinized in the courts of the home circuit, which covered five southern counties. The result was 200 convictions and 109 hangings. The victims tended to be solitary old women. Those who were widowed and or childless were among the most vulnerable in society. They were forced to beg to survive, and sometimes it suited them to be considered witches as it could inspire greater generosity. Some women claimed that they caused blizzards, frosts, storms, and so forth to enhance their reputation. Women like these were likely to keep cats or even frogs that could be seen as familiars on loan from the devil to assist in evil spells. Warts, moles, and other marks were interpreted as devil's teeth. These were not enlightened times. Belief in superstition, lucky charms, and evil spirits was widespread. People sought a scapegoat for misfortune, and women acting as witches often took the blame. Accusations tended toward the to the petty. The sentence of hanging was not. It remained difficult for the accused to prove that they did not issue a curse or spell. Getting a confession was far from easy. Matthew Hopkins, the notorious witchfinder general, used psychological more than physical torture, depriving people of food, drink, and sleep until they admitted their guilt as a witch. A 70-year-old John Lowe's was forced to run around his cell, finally collapsing and admitting guilt after three days. Lowe's was sent to the gallows where he recited his own burial service. Hopkins illustrated how witches were impervious to pain by stabbing them with his knife. The blade was retractable, so the victims didn't feel a thing. He had the backing of zealous Puritans who took to heart the line in Exodus, 
Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. For fourteen months, Hopkins was the scourge of witches, welcomed into towns all over eastern England, outside the home circuit. His tally at the gallows amounted to some 400. Hopkins' methods were exposed as fraudulent, but not before he became a rich man. Legend says that Hopkins was tried and burned as a witch. Today, it is thought he died in 1647, possibly of tuberculosis, soon after retiring to Manningtree, Essex, the town where his career had begun. The law endorsed various methods to identify the guilty, such as swimming witches. The unfortunate woman was tossed into a river. If she floated, she was a witch, as the baptismal waters had rejected her. If she drowned, she was innocent. Well, there's a pretty big choice there. Left in the hands of rural communities, the women often suffered more appalling abuses. It was said that witches' power waned once their blood had been drawn. Consequently, unruly mobs made it their business to leave suspected witches bloodied. Devout Christian Reginald Scott campaigned against the harassment of so-called witches. As early as 1583, he wrote Discovery of Witchcraft, ridiculing the public perception. If you read the executions done upon witches, you will see such impossibilities. Confessed as none, having his right wits, will believe. Skepticism at last had its day. The small voices that had been questioned, that had questioned the validity of witchfinders' methods during the Elizabethan era, grew even louder until legislation ended the witch trials. In 1712, Jane Wynnum, the subject of the last witch trial in England, was reprieved and pardoned when the girl she allegedly bewitched was found to be an epileptic. Okay. So I wonder if next time it's going to be... Yes, it is. Uh, next time around we'll be in the USA and we're going to talk about the Salem sensation. Uh, until then, happy holidays and we will talk to you on the next show. Hey, it's Patrick Voss here with VFX, VFXCreates.com. Wanting to thank the guys at the Big Scary Show for helping us be so successful in 2022. Looking for a prosperous 2023. And I hope all the haunts out there had a great year, too. See you at Transworld. Ohio Haunted House owners, actors, and enthusiasts, join the new Ohio Haunters Association. We are working with haunters across the state, from home to pro, to strengthen the Ohio haunt community. Open to all owners, actors, makeup artists, prop builders, designers, and Halloween paranormal enthusiasts. The Ohio Haunters Association, where haunting is the heart of it all. Look for us on Facebook. There's a deserted theater down by the pier, and if you value your life, you won't go there. 
up in the balcony and down every row, a killer with a knife roams ready to strike in the Flesh and Blood show. They were young and beautiful actors and actresses, but little did they know they would meet a deadly fate in the Flesh and Blood show. Ah, those young people of Shakespeare and love, they thought they knew all there was to know. But behind the scenes, a killer awaited them in the Flesh and Blood show. So you brave and bold moviegoers, listen to me when I tell you what you ought to know. That the most chilling experience of your life will occur when you see The Flesh and Blood Show. The Flesh and Blood Show, brought to you by EVI in color, rated R. <laughs> it's time for Ask the Old Crone. <laughs> I have often talked about how I like to think outside the box, and this time of year is no different. If you're like me, you look at everything with that little devil on your shoulder saying, how can I make this look creepy? Christmas is a great time to stock up on power strips, extension cords, lighting timers. Oh, I could go on and on. Keep an eye out, especially for clearance sales this time of year. A great commodity, too, are the LED spotlights, special effect lights like the kaleidoscope, fire and ice. Those can have so many uses. I'm always looking for more fire and ice effects. Projectors are also easy to find this time of year. And even though they may have snowflakes or things like that, you can hack those to project other things up on the walls. And let's not forget about those animated reindeer. I mean, are you really a haunter if you haven't hacked one of these into something sinister? I also like to hack the little angels. That kind of sounded bad, but you know what I mean. This is the perfect time to stock up on cheap decorations like tinsel and elf hats and garland if you have plans to add a Christmas theme show to your haunt. You can get them for pennies on a dollar right after Christmas. And I will leave you with one last reminder. Just because it's not haunt season, don't forget to hang on to those receipts. Because the next season upon us is <laughs> tax season. Until next time, don't forget to stir the cauldron. In 1897, Dr. Alexander Hammond arrived at an institution for the criminally insane, only to discover the unsolved murders of several guards. Drivers, where are we? Jerry Vane takes you into Black Moon Asylum, a twisted abyss of torment, madness, and the horrifying mystery of patient 292. Time for your medication. Black Moon Asylum, a symphonic journey into darkness from instrumentalist Jerry Vane. Download Black Moon Asylum at jerryvane.com, iTunes, cdbaby.com, Amazon MP3, and your favorite download site. Midnight Syndicate, Christmas at Midnight, on the Big Scary Show.
your actors, your props, yourself. If they're worth dressing right, they're worth Von Karam. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Vonkaron.com. V-O-N-C-H-A-R-O-N.com. As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screamline Studios. Creepy Collection. Dark Imaginings. Fright Finder. Haunt Pay. Von Caron Productions. And VFX Creates. We'd also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse. And we couldn't do this without the three ghosts, including Badger, Haunt Consulting and more, rabidbadger.org. Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at wrestlehorror.com. And Storm, Rants and more, hauntminute.com. And finally, you, the listener. Without you, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.